0: The Koi Pod on OTB Sports They're incredible, I mean, it's not usually in awe of teams that much But I just can't help being oh, awe of Barcelona Femini Like, they're just incredible Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports In association with
1: Cadbury A player and a half, deserves a glass and a half of support Top pocket goal!
2: It's what dreams are made of They are going to the World Cup finals hello and welcome to the 50th episode of the koi gig podcast which is quite an impressive feat i have said i don't think any of us ever have thought we would get this far but delighted that we have done i am kathleen mcnamee and i am joined by some very esteemed company as always we have former ireland and arsenal goalkeeper emma byrne as well as freshly awarded P-Mount Player of the Year, Karen Duggan. He's just adding a bit of a, a general sense of authority to our podcast today. I would
1: her. use the word fresh very lightly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh well you know this is what i was joking about during the week i mean my intros are just gonna have to keep getting longer and longer with the more awards that we either win as a group or individually so you know and i'm perfectly okay with that it's a great way to spend the top 10 minutes of the show just listing off all the things we have achieved um but no very big congratulations to you karen that was lovely news to see on my twitter feed during the week and very well deserved as i'm sure well i don't know if emma will want to compliment you but I- i'm sure she does not agree <laughs> yeah uh, no no no, it's fine
0: i'm back talking to her now that she's back in the the cold weather there's no jealousy whatsoever So the congratulations company, isn't the uh, what? <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on winning and staying so well yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, I was like, there's no need to give me that award. I'd already signed. So, <laughs> I know so it wasn't like sure. written
2: into your contract when you were saying you were like, oh, you have
1: to award me. I it. cannot reveal the, what goes on in the background cannot be revealed. He's a
0: total diva. Of course she had it in there.
1: <laughs> oh, he's out with the proud. Absolutely. Now, to be fair, Erin McLaughlin won the Player's Fair of the Year. I think that's pretty um, solid shout out there. I think she got voted by the majority and Tara O'Hanlon got Young Player of the Year and they're two really key signings for us for next year as well so delighted that they got recognised more so because they're the future
2: Classic Karen Duggan won't let herself have a moment and has to pass it on to someone else
1: <laughs> I don't know Not enough.
2: <laughs> Um but you were also as well as winning your award, you were also away in the very sunny Barbados how was the trip? Did You, you wouldn't enjoy? know it though hey Come on. Tasty.
0: Still tasty ass.
2: The
1: Irish skin doesn't keep the tan is all I'm saying. Now, there was a tan for about 30 minutes there, I swear, and it just seems to have dropped off over the weekend.
2: We need the Insta content
1: current to actually proves this. <laughs> okay, I'm working on the Insta content. I'm trying to get better.
2: Get, get that blue tick going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone from, well, I don't know how many people actually have their jobs anymore on Twitter. I was going to say if anyone on Twitter or Instagram is listening to us right now get on that for you but yeah that it may not last all that long i'm pretty sure you can pay for from about next month or something so yeah no not worth it if you not. suddenly appear with a blue tick well, i'm
1: not interesting enough to have a blue ticket <laughs> <laughs> Uh
2: yeah well if it does come up without the little official tag then you will be getting dragged in the show for paying of for course the deserve ticket. it be so. <laughs> That's just so maybe we do things here um So coming up on the show, we did have WSL action back this week, which means we will have our very own Emma Carroll back with her classic team of the week. We did our team of the season so far last week, which Karen, you you weren't here for it, but I think you would have been happy enough. We were pretty agreeable about it for once, so it wasn't too bad. And then later on in the show, we will also be chatting about all the action that happened over the weekend. Um, but before we get into that, just at this start bit, obviously there was some big news that came through last week about WNL clubs now being allowed to offer professional contracts for the first time next season. This is obviously something that we have talked about quite a lot on the show and I don't know if it was just me, but it seemed to kind of pass with like very little fanfare or notice. And I'm not sure if that's because people don't really know what is going to happen with it, or how, what it's actually going to look at, because of, or look like. So obviously, for every club, it probably will look differently. But Karen, I just go to you about your thoughts on it, because obviously, as someone who's in the league, someone who's been involved in these conversations before, you might be able to give all the listeners a bit of a bit of a roundup of what this actually means for the league. Well, I guess there's kind of two sides to it. I was looking on Twitter when it
1: was announced and um, there's, for me, obviously concern that the smaller clubs, the clubs that aren't backed by men's teams won't be able to offer these professional contracts and players will move on to clubs that are in the position to do so. Um, But a major benefit of them as well is that you're protecting the work that you've put into developing these pairs if you can get them on a professional contract because it will mean that if clubs do want to come in and sign them and they're contracted, um, the club will be compensated. That's a major plus, but I don't, also don't see it happening too frequently. I don't see players signing up to you know contracts that are longer than a year at a time because even in, say, the WSL and a lot of places in Europe, I Emma, mean, you'd know there's not too much money spent on transfer fees. I mean, there's a lot of movement about, maybe more so now, but long-term contracts are only becoming a a new thing. Um, And for a lot of our girls, if they do want to move abroad, having that transfer fee might be off-putting to a club and they might not want to put themselves in that position. But Then you have the flip side of just getting paid for a minimum €420 Euro a week if they are on that full professional contract, which is obviously huge for any player and it allows them to concentrate more on their training and, and things like that. So I think it's long-term will be a great thing in terms of um, clubs being able to protect the investment that they've put into players. For me, it seems just a little bit rushed this year, putting it in, um, I think it only serves a few clubs um, who are in a position to offer those contracts. And, and maybe you're being very careful
2: about what you're maybe saying. that every
1: club should have been given about. a bit more time to do it. But again, at the same time, now is the time to make progress. Now is, we'll say, when women's football is making those strides. So it's I understand where it has come from as well. But but
0: what exactly does it mean does it mean that players are going to be training every day is that going to be
1: their primary job like They're completely at the prerogative of the club i wouldn't think so because they won't be in a position to offer everyone these professional contracts it, it won't be their i'd imagine it won't be anyone's day job that we won't be moving to daytime training sessions or anything like that maybe i'm wrong but from what i see it will be just very phased in at the moment until we could get to a point of of that. I don't think we're at that level yet.
0: So we don't really know exactly what it means. They are just put a title on it, professional contracts are being offered. But we don't know whether that means full-time training, whether it means they they'll be looked after... Like physically, mentally, throughout the week, every day.
1: Yeah, up to the club and how the club interpret that. I mean, how they interpret their contracts. Um, I haven't seen anything that sets out exactly what would be involved in that. Obviously, I'm at a club that won't be rolling that out because we wouldn't be in a financial position to do so, particularly not this year. I think clubs would need time to see what a professional setup would look like to them. Um, but from my standpoint, I, I don't think it means that you become a full-time footballer.
2: Well, this is one of the things that kind of confused me when I saw the announcement because I was kind of looking for more details. And I was in, obviously like I said, we've talked about this so much and we've talked about the concerns around it so much and obviously the positive side of, to it as well. But you would think an announcement like this should come with some sort of like I don't know, like pool or fund or
1: I would have thought that it would have been backed by some sort of government or FAI funding thing to show to help clubs to get on board with this if they do want to move it to a more professional structure like being a more professional footballer should be the ultimate goal of it. It shouldn't just be about getting a payment um and protecting your asset in terms of monetary value. I think it should be looking towards the development of the player as well and I just haven't seen enough detail that it points to that yet.
2: Because the number one thing we said about this is that the worst thing in the world that would happen is if it's just a label slapped on the league and everyone's like, great, great, we've got that, we're sorted, all the problems disappear. We don't actually have to talk about this anymore because we have secured the status for the league. And you would have thought that, the people who were involved considering it was the FAI and the League of Ireland would have looked at everything that had happened in the League of Ireland and the difficulties clubs faced there when it came to offering contracts?
1: I think, I think clubs will are in favour of implementing something like this. I just think that we maybe need, needed more time before this was put on the table and maybe more top process into what would look like and help the clubs who are have to all of a sudden change from an amateur status to a professional status. not as easy as that when you're largely run by volunteers and parents and things like that. We're not all in the same boat as your bows or your rovers. Um, so uh, support is needed. And I think that that should have come with this announcement.
2: Mm. I'm even just looking at the general statement here from um League of Ireland director, Mark Scanlon. And he's just saying, like, the announcement will prove to be a significant milestone in the history of the game here and comes at an apt time for the women's national team. Clubs will now be able to provide certainty and a platform for growth for their players as they look to progress on and off the pitch. We look forward to working with all our League of Ireland clubs to help ease this exciting transition. You can call them League of Ireland clubs. I'm kind of like... Mm. There's a bit of a difference there. You know there it's it actually sounds
0: like okay, it sounds like like a really positive thing. And I think anything that's going towards professionalism does not does not mean money. It just means professionalism as in trying to get your players to train more, try to provide the best services for your players to help them improve. But it sounds very much like When I first went to England, which was a very long time ago, (laughs) um, before the FA stepped in and gave central contracts, they basically allowed their clubs to... We had contracts, but it just depended on how much the club wanted to pay you. Some of us were full-time, some of us were part-time. And it, it worked, but there has to be a plan behind it. There has to be some kind of structure so literally 2 years later the girls were getting the english girls were getting central contracts which allowed them to go and train in certain centers to help improve the national team and that was a really good thing for them if the whole idea is to improve the players particularly the the players that might play for ireland I just want to know what kind of structure and why not say that this is for our players to improve and we want them training a certain amount of hours per week. We want this provided. There has to be a, a structure. It just seems very, very general.
1: Yeah, I completely, never good. Agree. I completely agree. It's not just about the money. It, like It shouldn't be just about the money. And I do think getting more of those home based sessions and girls who are on these professional contracts, that should be part of it. Mm-hmm. The Western centres because, again, clubs probably can't step up five days a week.
0: No, and I hope they can, not Being honest, because if you think about it, it's not enough money, first of all, for, for a weekly wage. And second of all, you're asking some of your young players to give up what they're doing at the moment, which I hope is studying and, and planning for, for their full-time job which they will have after um, and if you take that away from them that's that's dangerous and it's something that I would hate to see happen
1: mm-hmm. um, back home but I don't think that's going to happen I really do think it's just going to be up to the club but again maybe there's more to come on this that obviously we just haven't seen yet but mm-hmm. yeah, like you say the, the way the English model was done um, worked out really well and if we could emulate something similar it would be good my concern is that it is Going to be centered around money, and then you'll get all the best players to the cl- club that can offer the most money. And we'll look at maybe what happened in Scotland, where there was one team dominating for 13 years, and was that actually really good for them and their development? Um, it's hard to know. It's hard to hard to know how how it will go.
2: Well, we certainly hope there is more details to come and we will try and find those out and bring them to our listeners because I don't know, I'm still pretty curious about it and everyone I ask doesn't really seem to have too. much of an answer. <laughs> and like, especially like, Karen, you're in the league, you're in these conversations, you know, if you're curious about... I mean, I,
1: I, I'm not in the conversations. I saw it on Twitter. Well, I mean like everyone like else. Karen... Yeah, that's what I mean. I saw it on Twitter like everyone else. I know I'm at a club that it won't be implemented. So mm. who who is this serving and and what is the end goal would be- kind of nice to know especially if we're coming on here talking about it we should be able to give more information at the moment I just it's just not there for us
2: Well, no better trio to hold a few people to task should we <laughs> not get the information. I don't think anyone will be dropping this one for a while anyways. And the Koigig Pod and o Sports is an association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. Uh, we are still running our competition thanks to our partners at Cabri. We're supporting Irish women's grassroots football and giving away all the net profits from our most recent Cabri Roadshow in Vicker Street. Uh, to have the opportunity to win 1,000 Euro worth of equipment for your local grassroots adult club just contact us with your club details and contact information at thecoygigpod at offtheball.com terms and conditions apply head over to otbsports.com for more Once again is our favourite person, Emma Carroll, to give us her team of the week. Emma, how did you find doing your team this week? You did say earlier that there's a bit more of a Liverpool bias than previous times.
3: Yeah, well, I sensed last week that maybe there were some complaints that there wasn't enough. So this week I um, put that right. (laughs) I'll I'll go through the team first and then we can uh, chat through it. So i have put Emily Ramsey in goal, Campbell, Fahi, Letizia and Bagier. Uh, at the back Holland and Matthews in the middle and then a three and a one or whatever four attackers anyway Chloe Kelly Ella Toon, Brighton and Kirby up front
2: quite a team a little bit of Irish representation too which I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year so I am quite happy to see this uh, coming back into fruition again
3: yeah it was a good week for Liverpool I think um, good results and Nifahi with her one hundred appearance for the club as well Um, again the ever dependable performance that she put in and then Megan Campbell it's a shame that nothing came off one of her throws but every time she threw one in it just caused absolute chaos um, for West Ham and yeah like it's just such a weapon and at one stage she did go down and receive a little bit of treatment on her shoulder and it was a very worrying moment I think we probably all held our breath and was like oh Oh, her shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, she could injure her legs, she can uh, knee injury,
0: not her arms or shoulder.
2: <laughs> My internet had like froze when I was watching it and like all I saw was her going down and then you tweeting me like, oh no, her shoulder. And I was like, oh, it <laughs> frantically refreshing to see what had actually happened.
3: She seemed fine anyway. She, she had a long show after that, so it all seemed okay. Yeah,
2: that's
3: good. That's the main thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Karen, as the the fresh base who hasn't been here for a while. But what are your thoughts on this team of the week? I actually
1: agree with a lot of us. Um, the two standout players for me at the weekend were Ona Battier for United and Wrighton again for Chelsea. I think she's... Batier! Batier! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spanish, Spanish it's classes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that the two of them really stood out um, just complete quality Uh, The Ramsey in goal um, I know she was on the losing end and we often don't pick that but I thought Arsenal dominated that game against Everton and to only concede one against that Arsenal attack um, I think they had something like 33 shots and 14 of them were on target so I think she can be really, really proud of her performance. And again, there was a few moments where goalkeepers didn't cover themselves in glory in other games. So it was good to see a standout performance there. Um,
2: Although slightly worrying that she is performing this well from a Irish yeah, perspective. Yes. Like yeah. I think at this stage, the question probably yeah. has to be asked, has Courtney lost her starting position? Because it certainly feels like it, especially for the that like obviously you might go run out in other spaces, but
3: not not in the league, it would seem. Looks like it if that performance at the weekend is just anything to go by, she's not doing anything wrong for Courtney to get back in, which is a problem.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because I don't want to be talking about how important it is yeah. for our goalkeepers, particularly our goalkeepers to have minutes before the World Cup. But it is so important because you can train as an outfield player coming back from injury or whatever. Or you're not playing. You can still train and you can still get the sharpness and the, the maybe not the match fitness, but very similar simulating to the matches but for a goalkeeper you can't you just can't get it it's not the same
1: so so much of it is mental and if you've spent, spent that long sitting on the bench
0: yeah and it's it's just completely different than training you do your your whole training philosophy is to prepare yourself for the game and then try to simulate game situations, but you can never do it. So it's all about the difference between an average and a really good goalkeeper is how you adapt to that on the pitch. So it's really important that she gets back in there. Um, she can't be sitting on the bench after Christmas. Just can't happen. It's not going to happen. So as much in, if you were in her, in her shoes, would you be looking at a loan move? I would be freaking out right about now because Ramsey's playing really well. And also, Courtney was doing well. She didn't do Mm -hmm. anything wrong to get dropped. So the fact that... Ramsey is at a very high level and it's unlikely that she will... And she's very much... It's very likely that that is um, his first goalkeeper and choice. Um, But what what can you do? Last year, it was the same for Courtney. She was sitting on the bench but still performed really well for Ireland. So it's difficult. I just think the World Cup is going to be... Extremely I think you could important. probably
2: argue from like a mentality side last year like I know she's talked about it quite a lot that she worked so hard in those months and got herself to a place where like mentally she was a lot stronger like her game improved it was probably fine for that amount of time in terms of getting her to a space she needed after making those pretty big mistakes but now is the time to like push on and actually be making the appearances and being a consistent starter for someone no no absolutely I think she did on the bench I think she did brilliant
0: I think she was absolutely brilliant for Ireland considering she wasn't a regular starter for Everton as well but there's only like you're playing again every single team in the World Cup is going to be top top quality she's going to be very very busy and I hope I'm wrong again, as I was in the first in the first case. But for me, she needs to be playing, and Ramsey's playing really well, so that's a bit concerning for me.
2: Yeah. A name that, and is- for my dogs, they totally agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> a name that is very good to see back on there. I think it's September the last time she played Frank Kirby. Been a while and she just slotted back in there like there was nothing wrong. I mean, admittedly, it was a good game to come back in like an 8 0 win. You would kind of expect as much, but even still, for a player who hasn't played in a long time, yeah. it was pretty seamless for
3: her. Brilliant. Yeah, two goals and Wrighton's ball for Kirby's first goal. Like, oh my god, what a pass!
2: Can I just say
3: insane. it's the
0: best I've ever seen write and play. I thought she was absolutely incredible. She was everywhere, involved in everything. She was just brilliant. And I know it's difficult because they're playing against the worst side in the league. Let's be honest. Um, But I thought she was brilliant. And you know what? Chelsea need Kirby. If they're not going to have um Pernille harder, they have to have Kirby. And yeah. they, I just hope they can keep her fit.
1: So another Chelsea player that did well maybe worth the mention was Fleming got herself a couple of goals as well centre mid yeah. um, so that was pretty good and Obviously delighted to see Neve in there, but I also thought Flaherty did well beside her. Yeah. She's come in for some criticism, so it was good to see her putting in her performance. Yeah. She had a really good block there at the end yeah. as well to kind of keep the clean sheet, which is super important for them.
3: The I think all yeah. round, I think as a team, Liverpool just they were very connected good. and yeah. everything they've done was brilliant. But their like their press the was really
1: good, really aggressive, and it was good to see them kind of play on the front foot. Yeah, that's
3: there. why I put the two midfielders in there, because mm. I think they both just commanded the midfield and... Holland like from, from the first minute like excellent. yeah Holland yeah. won the second again yeah.
0: I also thought Laura Coombs did really well for City we don't really talk about her at all yeah, her I think she's nice goal as well yeah, yeah.
1: She's phenomenal strike for her goal. Um, I thought Woodham for Reading, another player we don't mention that much, um, was really good down the left. Um, she was really good. She yeah. was really good. Yeah, definitely. We won't. We won't be knocking Megan Campbell out of the way. So, or girl. <laughs> just give her an honourable mention.
2: Emma, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. season. So the WSL was back this weekend after a little bit of a break and some pretty big scorelines, some interesting results, nothing maybe that was massively unsurprising, I think some of the results were definitely on their way, Uh, but we'll start at Old Trafford and Man United, 5-0 against Aston Villa. And it's safe to say the Mark Skinner machine is humming along very nicely at the moment and is a different beast to the team we saw next season, I think is probably fair enough to say.
1: Yeah, I think there's just more variety in their play. And you can see that by the fact that there was five different goal scores. They can score from crosses. They have some nice interplay as well. I think Tune was given way too much space and just... Was able to pick out loads of passes. We know how good her relationship is with Galton and Russo, um, and some yeah, some really nice goals there
2: as well. It's interesting because that's literally exactly what Mark Skinner said after the game. He was like, "This year we can get a goal from across, we can turn it in, we can run one on one." We couldn't find ways last year, and I didn't expect this many different scorers this early in the season. Everyone is chipping in. And he was even saying that like at halftime when it was two nil, he wasn't really that happy about it. But he was like, "It wasn't terrible," and I was like, "It just shows such a." I don't even know if a different attitude is the right way to approach it, but a change in the sense that they know they have the natural resources there to get these sort of results and to obviously do what they did against teams like Arsenal.
0: Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's the Arsenal game. I think that's going to be a real turning point for them. We spoke about them going into that game at, at the Emirates about ne- not beating the three top sides, City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing, wasn't it? Because they've been in the season. This is their fourth year in the WSL. And they've came four every single time. And they just can't seem to get into that Champions League spot. This is the year
1: they're going to do it. They have to do it. Next week's um, game, really, isn't it? The United City game, right? That's,
0: that's, that's, that's it. And, you know, going into that game, they look extremely good. They've got a really good squad. They've players that are really not happy because they're sitting on the bench, which I think is a great sign, by the way. And and it's like, it's what you said, like going into the game with all these different goal scorers, everybody's on form. The two midfielders who I would have said were their weakest unit, as in Katie Zellum and Hayley Ladd, actually are performing brilliantly and just marshalling that midfield in there and they don't need to push forward. I know Katie Zellum scored, but they don't need to push forward. They can allow all the players around them like Galton and and Nikita Paris to push on. I thought Nikita was a bit quiet actually. Um, I was expecting a little bit more from her, but she does have Lucia Garcia sitting on the bench and that's what he has. He can change it around. He can put at least two players on that are, are not going to be a weakness putting the subs on. So they're looking really good. They're definitely challenging for the Champions League. And I think they'll challenge for the title itself.
2: Mm. That's a big call. <laughs>
1: Yeah. no they are very impressive so to be fair um, there's a couple of times I know Skinner mentioned maybe that they switched off and was that goal offside but I think they were always in control and following up the highs of beating Arsenal at the Emirates was always going to be hard but to put an performance like that in front of over 30,000 fans at Old Trafford Um I think they're just going to go, like their confidence seems good um, and yeah. they need that going into the City game because they know how big it is for them to just have pipped them last season. That would have hurt them.
0: I'm they haven't her- conceded. They haven't conceded from um, a set piece. They haven't conceded a header. I just think that's that's an amazing... And
1: they bet. have a really solid goalkeeper and you see like how... The you know, difference how that makes. Make, yeah. That makes, yeah. Compared yeah. to teams who are just below them, there's mistakes happening there and they can kind of be sure that that's not going to happen. Villa, I thought were disappointed, and they had four subs they they just laugh decks, don't they? There's nobody they'd yeah.
0: nobody on the bench. I mean, I felt a bit sorry for them because uh, just speaking to a little John before the game, they have injuries. Rusha was ready to come back. Probably going to start and then she she pulled up in training the day before. Just bad luck, you know, and that team can't afford to have bad luck. Like they just don't have the squad.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think like for the game at the weekend, there's three players out with ACLs and the Tash harding was had a quad problem. Then Rusha was obviously supposed to play and then didn't. And then Hansen was also ruled out because of mm-hmm. her loan deal. So like that's what like six players and... Oh, like, quite notable names as well that you can't play. But I don't think it's an entire excuse for how they actually did perform on the day. Like, like good team like Aston Villa, you wouldn't expect them to go 5-0 down. you like like yeah. to see something a bit more, and I think they'd expect a little bit more, but that is, like... It's a very dire bench situation. It's getting close to Georgia Stanway in goal for City last year, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but not only that. Even not talking about injuries or the depth of their depth of their squad, looking at their goals, the ten goals in the league, eight of those goals have been scored by Rachel Daly. I mean, that's for me. That's yeah. not a good thing. Just keep her quiet. Keep her quiet and you could very, very likely you're going to do well. And also Dali, who I think is brilliant. I love her as a player. Kenza Dali. She has amazing stats for getting the ball into the box for assists and things like that. So keep both of those players quiet and they don't really have much else, unfortunately.
2: No, oh, they really struggled and they have the joy of facing Arsenal next. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not getting any easier on their run of form. Although they might take some heart from Arsenal's performance against Everton at the weekend. Formed incredibly well, but just really struggled to get a goal in. It took a bit of me to magic. I think it's her first goal since like five games. so like October time-ish since the last time she's gone. But obviously she has also been out for the last while what did you guys make of the Arsenal stat also the Everton performance which is probably slightly more interesting because this team I feel like has something in them and they keep getting nearly there and just not fully getting across the line with it
1: yeah they're a bit more consistent in how they play this year like last year they were really all over the place obviously a huge amount of changes and stuff but they're a bit more disciplined I think and more of a unit this year Arsenal They really just weren't efficient with the amount of shots that they had and chances that they created, which you wouldn't really associate with them given the firepower that they do have. Medima's goal was phenomenal feet, phenomenal finish. She's best in the box. I think some of her link-up play is phenomenal, but when you have someone who can pull a goal out when there's four or five players around her in the box, that's a special talent and I still think her best position is higher up the pitch.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Even if she doesn't agree with us, yeah. she's better higher up. Um, Blackstenius does a great job, but nobody, I think Miedema is one of the best number nines in the world. Mm. And I don't understand why she wants to drop off. She can be a false nine. She can play higher up and be a false nine sometimes if she wants to drop off. But I prefer way higher up. And just with Everton, I think they're a good team. They're a solid team. But they don't really have the, that match winner, if you know what I mean. I think Jess Park is a great player; she's incredible. But she needs players around her, and um, I don't think they have that particular player. That's just they need a worldy, don't they? Yeah,
1: or yeah. They can just get goals from
0: nothing. Exactly. Good team, but never going to really challenge. Very three or four. Yeah. yeah
2: gone are the old days of Everton where they used to dominate i mean i used to see them like get back to that same sort of level just in terms of the competitiveness of the league but considering how the men's team is going as well i don't really see that happening anytime soon uh chelsea eight leicester nil i was kind of like looking at this match and i was like i don't even really know what there is to say about it apart from some of the individual Performances. We talked a little bit about Gur Wrighton in the team of the week. She was obviously very good. Frank Kirby as well. Also, a shout out to Emma Hayes, her 300th match in charge, which is no mean feat in any way. And especially when you look at what she has developed at Chelsea and everything she has done there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there was any actual tactical interest you guys took from the match, but I really thought it was those individual performances were the things that stuck out for me uh, against them.
1: It's us. hard to even think about tactics when Leicester were just so bad. I mean, It was from the fourth, first goal, I think it was in the fourth minute, that Wrighton got, and yeah, yeah. just to sing her praises because she was amazing and has been all season. But yeah, it was never on the cards that Leicester were going to get anything out of this game, I thought, from kickoff.
0: No, no, and it's like eight goals, eight goals. And um, they just weren't challenging, they weren't getting close. I mean, stuff that you done less
2: than they conceded last year. Yes, yeah, that's true. That was half full, yeah. Kathleen. <laughs> no, that was just me being a complete smart Alec. It wasn't yeah. it
1: was not half full.
0: <laughs> A smart Alec. I haven't heard that in so long. You have to be uh, correct. (laughs) Um, No, I just think great to see Fran Kirby back. I spoke about as well, Team of the Week. They need her. They need her in there. Obviously, Harder's not going to be back for a while. And without either of those, I just think they lack that flow from midfield to attack. Um, so for me, they really need Fran Kirby. And then just to shout out to Girl Wrighton again, I thought she was incredible. I thought she was brilliant. The best game I've seen her play.
2: Well, I think she's the most assists in the league and only Chloe Kelly has created more chances and she's created like one more than her. So, you know, up there with very good company stats, in terms yeah. of her stats for the season. Uh, and only three. I think Beth Mead has her overall for the season is the WSL record and Rankin is only like two or three away from breaking that as well. So she's obviously very much at the top of her game. Uh Reading won Tottenham nil, a very impressive and very much needed result for Reading, just to give them that bit of a cushion at the bottom of the table. And I'd say Leicester didn't make their day any better seeing that result come through. Um bad for Spurs as well. They've seemed to be on this solid downward trajectory and a team like Reading are really the sort of team they should be beating? Yeah, I don't really know what's kind of happened. Spurs, they don't seem to have the same bite
1: about them that they did last year. and um, They should be taking a game to a team like Reading and said it was the opposite way. I thought Reading had more energy. Their press was better. They really caused a lot of troubles from from wide areas. I mentioned Woodham getting four, which was really good. Um, great to see a performance like that out of Reading because they have been so, you know, below par for much of the, the start of the season and especially they were riddled with flu six or so changes from the last game. They had less shots, less possession than Spurs, but they, I still thought they were a far more impressive team than Spurs um, over the weekend, really. Yeah, yeah. What Spurs brought, particularly that first 20 minutes. They huge. That was under all sorts of pressure.
0: Huge, huge win for them. Huge win. They really needed that. Um, I totally agree. Lily Woodham was so good, uh, really impressive. She was kind of playing left back. She's not left back. She's actually a attacking midfielder, but she did absolutely brilliant back there. And they were just fighting. And it's like as if they went into that game, half their team were down with illness. So they they knew they had to fight you know and sometimes that happens with the team when you're missing your your best player or your better players and you know you have to fight that little bit extra and it's exactly what they did and I thought Tottenham were so poor I thought they were really poor and as you said Karen like last year they were a fighting team they would have been horrible to play against last season and now uh, they just don't have that fight I feel like they want to
1: play football <laughs> not <Nothing> strength
0: <laughs> and i don't know why i'm like just do what you do just fight just put the balls in the box were well, you seen when um, harris came on mm-hmm. who um who has been out uh, with injury she came on and she was just putting balls into the box she's she's very good she she's a very good crosser of the ball she's just putting the balls in the box and it was just much better it's what they were doing last season just getting on the ball Getting it high up the pitch and, and just trying to cross the ball in. And, um, and it's true. It's, um, you know, Neville is not on the team of the week <laughs> this week for once. Um, because she's just doing way too much. Like she just, and I don't know whether it's coming from the manager or it's her herself. She feels she can do all this. Mm-hmm. No, play right back. Try and get up the pitch if you can and get the balls in, but do your job as a right back first and just back to basics with them because they've just seemed
2: to go a little bit ahead of themselves. Well, especially with a match against uh, Chelsea coming up next for Reading before Christmas, they will be very happy to get those points on the table and just take that cushion. Man City 3, Brighton 1. Uh, Another home victory for City at the Academy Stadium. They very, very much like playing from home. I think they're nine from nine in the last times they've been there. I already mentioned Chloe Kelly. This is possibly a game where, again, don't mind talking about Irish goalkeepers and fumbles and things going wrong, but another slightly difficult game for Megan Walsh.
0: Yeah. yeah, um I'll talk about the yeah, goalkeeper. <laughs> don't say anything. Um, yeah, just looking a little bit uncomfortable at the moment. She's having a bit of a bad time, and that's confidence, and that will happen um when you are having a bad time or you make some mistakes. If you're not putting her right at training, it will continue to go on. I don't know what her training her trainer is like her, her goalkeeping coach is like, I'm sure he, he's very good, but she really needs to work hard in and training and to get that confidence back. And um, she did make a couple of good saves. So hopefully that will help her a little bit. Um, but in general, Brighton look like they did under Hope Powell a little bit lacklustre, no fight in them, mistakes at the back. Um, playing against a really good team. You can't deny that. Um, but in general, yeah, Brighton. It, it's just basically all the teams are where they're sh- where they should be in the league. Yeah. The the it doesn't lie, does it? And they're down the bottom. They're down there in the bottom, and it's where they should be because too many mistakes back there. Not really good enough.
1: No, they got a consolation goal, but it was really more down to City making changes and, and things like that. Poor I, I defending, poor goalkeeping again. If City wanted to, they could have pushed on more. in that can.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's City at the moment. They're just doing what they In- need to do. They do what they need to do. Yeah, yeah. They need to do a little
1: bit more next week, hopefully.
0: Well, that's going to be a game and a half for sure. That's a huge game, more than just points, by the way. that For me, I think uh, it's about keeping jobs and the bragging rights, obviously, and, and Champions League spot, ultimately.
2: Well, it kind of is like it adds maybe that bit of grit to Manchester derbies that we haven't always had in the past. And that, I think it's like 40,000 tickets sold. There's, you know, the Champions League place is on the line. This United team really want to prove where they are at. And City have just kind of been going along looking for their big scalp and hasn't really come yet. And this could be the one that because it'll obviously catapult them into the top three then and probably put United down, maybe on goal difference. I'm not entirely sure what the goal difference is, but it'll put them close anyways. So there's a lot riding on it.
0: Huge, massive, massive game. Looking forward to it. I have a spare ticket, the Puma box, if anybody wants to come, put it out there. (laughs) No so mm. like, about it. Hmm. No, you've been to
1: Barbados. You're not allowed. You stay where you are. <laughs> Look, I need to top up my tan. <laughs> Weather's lovely in Manchester December.
2: You're allowed to go if you do like a live quaker from straight afterwards for for all our loyal listeners, given all your thoughts. <laughs> um, you. <laughs> and then finally, Liverpool to West Ham nil. One of those results that I feel like Liverpool have been building and building to doing something and actually getting their win again after winning on the first day. And finally it came and pretty well deserved, all in all. Uh, Sten goal was trending on my Twitter during the Ooh, match, which, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always have to say that it was their sixth goal. I love these, Lil. I never think of them. I'm like, why did I. Why I did know I, I, I saw mean? people saying it and I was like, oh, that's so smart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They were awesome, it's true what Emma Carroll said Liverpool are coming into their own right? and that's because of players back from injury as far as I'm concerned, I said it before about Matt Beard he'll have an organised team the difficulty is if he has injuries or illnesses or whatever and he can't put out the team he wants but realistically that was their first win since the first game game.
1: (laughs) which um, is incredible but, but they surprising really... given the performance they put in. They're capable of that. I thought they yeah. were all over West Ham West Ham. No, they were.
0: They were. But the, it was the first time I've actually looked at Liverpool and said, yes, this is what I expect from them. They have the players to do this. So I'm hoping this will kick them on a little bit and then um, we'll see much better performances from them.
2: And I know we mentioned it earlier, but just to give another shout to Nifa, his 100th appearance for the club. Because I feel like she has been a very loyal servant to Irish football, and it's always nice to see one of our own marking something out. I know Liverpool the last few years in terms of women's club maybe haven't been the the biggest deal in the same way that people, but there's still a lot of a lot of fans over here for the club, and it's great to see her. I mean, it's as, as not even the fact she's made her hundred appearance, Like she's still one of the most dominant figures in their lineup. She is so certain. She is the person that you probably want first on the team sheet every week. So, well done to her,
0: Capitana. Yeah, she's she's awesome. I mean, Neves. She's no spring chicken. She's she's hanging in there, <laughs> and it's great to see that she's captain of one of, as far as I'm concerned, one of the biggest clubs. Especially as you know. From being from Ireland as well, yeah. Liverpool's a massive has a massive Irish contingency. So
2: yeah, well, Lame you to say she's no spring chicken, but I reckon there's still, still a little while left of those. Like <laughs> at least until after the World Cup, anyways. Yeah. Um, that's it for this week's episode of Coiging, the fiftieth episode. We're so nice to celebrate these landmarks. And um, we will be back next week with the final weekend of WSL action before the Christmas break. But do not worry because we will also have some more Christmas special coming up after that. So we won't be leaving you for too long. We'll still be there to entertain you while you're hanging your decorations or... I don't know, recovering from 12 pubs or whatever it is people do these days to celebrate Christmas. I'm a granny in my iron jumper. I don't know. Um, we will see you all next week and thank you so much for listening. The Koigig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's not usually in awe of teams that much,
0: but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Feminine. Like, they're just incredible.
1: Subscribe to the
0: feed in the OTB Sports app now.